Welcome to the Sparks and Space podcast. I'm your host, Ailish Lucas, and each week I'll be bringing sparks of inspiration to ignite into your business and the space to remind you who you truly are. I'm so excited you're here. So let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sparks and Space podcast. I am so excited today because I get to interview the incredible Mary Hyatt, who is a holistic life and business mindset coach, a podcast host, and a hypnotic guided meditation teacher. Mary's on a mission to help high achieving women come back to life, to recover from burnout, love their bodies again, and find their passion in life. And I have personally had the honor of being coached by Mary. And I found it really, really incredible because she is able to tap into what you're trying to say and what you're trying to convey when you're really confused about it. But she's like, what about this? And you're like, oh my goodness, yes, that's exactly it. So I'm so excited for you to be able to experience her and hear her wisdom. So if you love this episode, then please make sure that you share it with everybody because it really means the world to me for the podcast to be able to get out there in the world a little bit more and for more people to hear it and hopefully find some sparks of inspiration so it gives them also the space to remind them who they truly are so enjoy Mary, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited for you to be here and to get the opportunity to be able to interview you because I fangirl from far away in the UK and I'm just like, I love everything that you do, what you talk about. I feel like you're just such a ray of light for people. So I'm so excited to dive into more about your solar line strategy and how you can help our listeners get inspired to create more success on their terms. Yes, I'm so excited. I I truly have been looking forward to this conversation because I know that we are like of the same mind and it's going to be just fabulous. Let's dive in. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, good. So I know I just mentioned then with my read, uh, with my listeners about soul aligned success. And this is everything that you focus your strategy on and the way you do business and life and encourage your clients to as well. But what does it actually mean? I love that. Uh, so can you please define that? Yeah, it is. It's sort of, it's a little bit nebulous, right? Because I think anytime we get into the realm of the soul, it's like, okay, what, what does that actually mean? And I think those two words are so important, soul and aligned. And I kind of want to start with the aligned piece because we throw that word out a lot. It's, it's a little bit um, of a buzzword it's, or I should say it's becoming more of a buzzword. And I, I like to slow that down to really look at, okay, what does it mean to be in alignment, like true alignment? And ultimately, we have to look at what alignment is not so that then we can sort of gauge what it is. And when I think about being out of alignment, and this is usually where most people kind of enter into this conversation or seek me out for coaching or are looking to improve their their business is when they're feeling the pains of being out of alignment, which could look like um, total and utter burnout where they're just exhausted. They've been sort of playing the hustle game and they're at that point where what they've been doing isn't working anymore. Maybe their health is beginning to suffer. Maybe their relationships are beginning to suffer even just how they operate inside of their business. Like they don't have the same energy to give to it. They look at an email and it's just a blank stare. And so when I think about being out of alignment, there's some sort of rub. There's some sort of like pain that is present. And I don't know if you guys, if this is like a big UK thing, but in the United States, we uh, love our, altern our alternative medicines and me especially, I love going and finding different ways to take care of my body. And one of my favorite ways is going to a chiropractor and where they'll go in and they'll actually look at the structure of your spine. And if a bone is out of a place or a disc is out of place, they can, you know, crack your bones and adjust you and get you back in structural alignment. 
So anytime I go to the chiropractor and I am in some sort of pain, like maybe my lower back hurts or my neck hurts, I know that my spine is somehow out of alignment and that is causing a version of pain or suffering. And if I think of that, like a metaphor for what we're talking about, it's like when I go back to the chiropractor and get adjusted, all of a sudden I'm in structural integrity. Like I am operating the way that my spine was designed to operate and it's perfect alignment. And then there's an absence of pain. That suffering goes away. There's a, there's a relief that comes from getting adjusted. So when I think about that in our lives, it's like, okay, how can we come back into energetic integrity, emotional integrity, um, spiritual integrity, just integrity with our, our true self. That would to me be kind of a roundabout way to look at alignment. It's like when I am the truest version of me, when I'm connected to that inner wisdom, inner intuition, and I'm making decisions and I'm taking action from a place of what's really true for me versus trying to people please or keep up with somebody else in my industry or just doing things that sound good on paper, but actually don't uh, really resonate with me. So alignment really is, is getting back in, in tune with what is for us as opposed to, you know, doing all these things that are informed by external input, if that makes sense. So I'll, I want to kind of pause there because I know that was a lot to start with. So <laughs> no, but that was so amazing. And I think it's also it requires a level of radical honesty first and foremost yeah. even before that just because I know that I built one of my businesses and whilst I'm still doing it now and I still really really enjoy it I, I got to the stage at the beginning of last year where I got really bad burnout from like personal life but also from a really hard launch which was consequently my most successful launch I've done but yeah. at the end of it I was like there's got to be a better way I can't I can't keep doing this and I think I'd been maybe kidding myself before that yeah. I that was the only way and I'd seen everybody else do it that way and that was the way that meant success because right. there were a lot of benefits to it and I enjoyed doing it and I was good and I was getting these results from it but then I had to have that well unfortunately I had to have that breakdown before you have that breakthrough which not yes. everybody has to have but I feel like when I got radically honest with myself and was like how do I want to do this like forget everybody else right now, but what feels really good for me? And I think we tend to forget this so much when we're in the entrepreneurial space because it's like, well, what does success look like to everybody else? And what, and because it's all based on these like wealth factors, it's just like right. large displays of wealth. That's all we see in like big numbers rather than focusing on that fulfillment and that alignment, like you said, and that internal happiness. And that might actually look very different from those big numbers. But right going back to that radical honesty, I think is just the key there. It's so important. And I love that you're bringing that up because you're so right. We can't make any shifts or create change until we look at where am I feeling deprived? Like what is, what am I sacrificing or what is being cost to create this sort of arbitrary definition of success that somebody out there says like, hey, this is what you should aim for. Six figures, seven figures, X amount of people who are in your membership or whatever. Um, those aren't necessarily aligned with what matters most to us. It's just sort of like, okay, this is what so-and-so says is sort of the pinnacle of success. And when we let that define our own definition of success, all of a sudden, we're having to do a lot of shape shifting in order to accomplish that. And like you said, like your launch was successful, you got the numbers and something else was going on below the surface that was saying, mm, this, this doesn't feel good to me anymore. Like what it's going to require in order for me to get that isn't really actually worth it. And I'm not saying it's either like be happy or be rich. 
because I think that <laughs> that that's sort of a, a, a crappy setup. I love thinking about what does it look like to create sustainable success that you can actually continue to achieve over time that doesn't require you giving all of you, you know, like literally exhausting every amount of energy and, and uh, just like wherewithal in order to accomplish it. It's like, no, how can I make good money and feel good in my body and have a relationship with my family and be able to experience play and pleasure and adventure? Like, I mean, I want it, I want it all, but it's going to look really different than it would look if I was just playing by the rules that everybody else has set for me. And it's, it's going to require getting honest to look at what's not working to, to change some things. Mm, But I also feel like when you do get honest, it just unlocks so much potential and so much excitement that you then get, it it almost automatically trips you into that soul alignment again, really, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? When you're like, actually, this way isn't working, but I'm going to give my, well, I feel like maybe self-compassion and kindness might be in there as well, because sometimes we don't have very much of it. But yeah, it, it just unlocks everything else for us. Yeah. It it really is like that saying the truth will set you free is so cliche, but it's so true. Like when I really think about the effort that it requires to be somebody that we're not, or to chase a level of success that is out of alignment for ourselves or to pursue building our businesses in a way that violates like our own values, that level of sustaining that is unbelievably exhausting. And the body knows like the body physically will experience, um, pain, like, like true, like pain from lying and not living out our truth. And so there's so many things that just become easier and lighter when you are able to, to get really honest and take action from that place of, okay, here's, here's what we're looking at, like soberly looking at here's, here are the facts. This is not working. I'm not happy. This is costing me too much. Then there's a, like an energy that gets released. There's a liberation of all of that tension that we're storing, all of that holding, all of that survival energy that gets liberated. And it really, truly does lead us to a place of greater alignment, but ultimately greater freedom. So the truth will set you free. Whoever came up with that was dead on. (laughs) (laughs) That was brilliant. Now you mentioned about our bodies and emotions And I really want to touch on this because this is something that you've mentioned before and I've had a coaching session with you before and I was, I had my mind, my tiny mind blown. And I really resonated with so much that you said and it's led me to learn to understand and trust my body and my emotions on Mm. such a deeper level. Can you explain a little bit more about why that's important? Just because I feel like, a lot of the clients that come to me at the beginning talk about, oh, I want to hit X amount in money and I, right. I want to like get all the followers and I want to do all the things. And it's, I feel like it's sometimes there's a big mismatch in between what they think they want and what they truly want. Mm. Yes. Okay. I'm like, we could dive into that by itself. It's so true. But, um, I also really want to hear about your experience of our coaching together. So I want to like come back to that because I'm, I'd be so curious to, to hear like what that was like for you to kind of reference your body um, in that, but we'll give a little uh, foundation for what we'll talk about. But um, so most people approach a problem or wanting to achieve something or create something different within their business from a sort of top down uh, approach, meaning that they start at the level of the mind and then they bring it into the body. And in our Western culture, we 100% value the mind over the body, like the intellect, the logic, uh, analysis, uh, rational thinking. Like we really look at, okay, mindset as sort of the thing that will shift everything. And mindset work is incredibly important. The brain is, um, 
so powerful and shifting thoughts and shifting beliefs and creating uh, new liberating truths is is life-changing. Like literally like that, that work alone will get you really, really far, but there's only so much wisdom that is inside of the mental body, as I would call it. And we have all these other bodies that have their own set of information, their own language, their own wisdom that they can offer us to help us uh, move forward and create change and, and make decisions that are really in alignment. So I take a bottom up approach, which means body first, and then translate that to the mind. And this is really powerful because 80% of our wisdom is within our body. So it's like below the level of the shoulders. And if you think about that, most of us are operating on 20% of what is available to us. And that's like the mind, that's the stories, the narratives, analyzing data, looking at pros and cons. And I know that most people have probably experienced their own version of like analysis paralysis. Like when they're trying to make a decision, they're like, okay, should I launch this thing or should I launch this thing? Should I go this way with branding or should I do this? And they start like looking at all the external facts and they're putting all this information in their brain. And, and what happens is, is that is filtered through the bias of our own personal experience, our own traumas, our own wounding, our own limiting beliefs, our own fears, the expectations of others. Like a lot happens within the mind that isn't necessarily like objective truth. And so we get into all these competing conversations, like this part of us wants us to do this and satisfy this fear. This part of us wants us to play it safe. This part of us wants to look really shiny and beautiful to the public. This part of us really wants to beat so-and-so. So we have like all these different voices that are competing inside of our head and it can create this feeling of, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's right for me. And we just get in this looping and we get stuck. So anytime that that's happening, whether that's in our business, whether that's with clients, whether that is with uh, our people in our personal life, I'm always like, let's get into the body because there's additional information that's not biased by all those different things I just mentioned that is more of a pure source that when we can learn that language and tap into the body, it is unbelievable how quick it is how wise it is, how intuitive it is, and ultimately always will be moving us towards a sense of wholeness. And so it's, it's part of ourselves that we can really anchor into and trust. And there are ways of learning the language of the body. It's not something that most people have been taught. Um, but it's like, okay, if we're, we're spiraling in the mind, let's go to the body and hear what the body has to say about this. And it's amazing. So to me, that bottom-up approach is kind of the way that I really do all the work that I that I do with one-on-one clients or or else elsewhere. Yeah. And how do you bring in the emotions? Because I know obviously we have emotions in our body, but yeah. how do you bring that in to be able to then get business answers? Yeah, so good. So I like to think of our emotions as like little breadcrumbs to alignment. And so our emotions are, are one of the ways in which our body communicates. So we have our energetic body, our emotional body, our physical body. Okay. So those three sort of make up that 80% wisdom. And then we have this sort of this um, access to what I would call maybe the like higher power, spiritual realm, higher self, like whatever that um, spiritual component is. We also have a connection to that, whether that's us or a connection to something outside of us. But there's that, that internal like intuition instinct that we have. So emotions are one of those those information sort of messengers that when we can learn to read our emotions and create space to actually experience them and feel them, they can help us gauge like, okay, how does this actually feel emotionally for me? Like, is this causing frustration or stress or anger or fear or um, overwhelm? 
or is it creating a sense of joy, of pleasure, of peace, of contentment, of um, connectedness? And so learning our emotions, learning how to, to identify them, learning how to feel them, to process to process them gives us the ability to almost like read what's happening below the surface. It's like, Ooh, I just had this conversation with so-and-so about my website and I'm feeling a lot of, you know, inter and emotion. I'm feeling a lot of sadness. I'm feeling a lot of anxiety or I'm feeling a lot of stress and it doesn't really match the situation. It's like, you're just talking about your website. Like why would this bring up grief? And once you can sort of be with what's showing up, you get an insight into, oh, there's all these different things at play below the surface that aren't just to the naked eye what we see, like build your website, create the the branding, launch your product, whatever it is. It's like there's a whole set of fears or past experiences that are coming into play that are causing us to feel the way that we're feeling. And so I almost use our our emotions as like a a measuring tool to kind of help us create a compass for figuring out what is in alignment. So a yes, like trying to make a decision about something, a yes is going to have an emotional uh, signature to it. A no is going to have an emotional signature to it. There's also a physical sensational sensation component to it, but the emotions, it's like my inner yes is going to feel very different emotionally than my inner no. And so when I can get really familiar with that emotional language inside of myself, inside of myself, then I can use that to help me make decisions, to know what's sort of right for me, wrong for me, and usually an invitation to do some deeper healing work as well. Mm, oh massively about the deeper healing work because yeah. I feel like I <clears throat> I don't know about you but um a lot of women in the UK have been brought up it well I can only speak from my personal experience I guess but I was or I developed the learning of sometimes that I can't trust myself and I have to look everywhere out out for out to everything else because that's what success looks like. And my version of success is a failure. So, mm-hmm. um, and when you can then, again, come bring that radical honesty in to then turn around to go, actually, what do I really want? And how do I feel about this? And how do I feel about myself and in my body? And I mm-hmm. think this is where, when I had that coaching session with you and you were like, what about if you just trusted yourself? And I was like, mind blown and I was like oh yes I like this and then what then unraveled was like a big journaling exercise I did afterwards where I was like actually these are all the ways small and large that I haven't trusted myself to Mm. step into who I am fully and you know sometimes when you're like I'm 40 soon how is this only just happening right now yes <laughs> but yeah. it's like it really does like it can be such small things where I'm like oh I was trying to model myself on that way because that's how I thought success was and actually if I step into myself even more then who knows I probably will be more successful um but regardless of that success it's that happiness and that fulfillment that come first and foremost yeah. Well, and I think you're bringing up a really great point is that we're not after the success itself, like the achievement of something. We're after how we think that achievement is going to make us feel. Like we're really after the emotional ROI of said thing, goal, New Year's resolution, uh, you know, like major mile marker of inside of our business. We are after how we think it's going to feel if we accomplish that thing. And the reality is, is that we can experience that emotional state, that feeling state without having to achieve said thing. It's like, if I want to experience more joy in my life, it doesn't necessarily mean that I've got to do X, Y, Z. Like I can actually experience and tap into the emotion of joy right now. Like if I were to close my eyes and access that joy, all of a sudden I can experience that and nothing in my external environment has to shift or change. And when you realize the power of that, 
that also feels really liberating because then it's like, okay, how do I actually want to feel like forget it looking good on paper? What is it that I'm really, really after? Like, what is it that matters most to me? How do I want to feel? And let that be the thing that guides me in, in my, in my business. And the more that we trust ourselves, like when we practice that learning and we really work at honoring the truth that's coming through us and saying, okay, I really hear that. Like it's maybe an inconvenient truth. Maybe that is something that requires that I have to take some bold, brave action, but that when I, when I really honor that and go, okay, I'm trusting again, that my body, my emotions, my wisdom, my intuition will always be guiding me into greater alignment, into greater wholeness, which equals less pain, less suffering. Then as we begin to trust that little step by little step, it's amazing. Like the emotional, um, how can I say this? Like the options of how we can feel begin to expand. Like most people only know how to feel stressed, how to feel overwhelmed, how to feel anxious. And they live their whole life waking up every day and going, even if everything's sunny and bright and it's okay, they immediately will go into feeling more overwhelmed, feeling that familiar experience. But as you build these muscles of trusting yourself and not abandoning when your truth comes through, all of a sudden, more joy does become available. More happiness does become available. More abundance does become more available. The feeling of, of pleasure becomes available. But it, 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 I think you're so dead on. Like It absolutely has to start with this doesn't feel good right now. Like the, the emotional awareness and that honesty of like this, this does not feel good, but how do I want to feel? Mm, yeah, absolutely. So you, I, I want to get into some tips for the listeners in terms of how can they start to build that trust again in themselves? And or I know you've just mentioned a couple of things that were really, really useful in terms of how it doesn't want to feel but is there anything else that you would recommend? And then also, um, I guess this is two questions in one, but I don't know whether it ties in or not, but you'd mentioned about an energetic blueprint. Is that then linked to it? And how does that work? And how can we find our own? Yeah. So let's kind of start with the trust piece. So not trusting ourselves is a version of self-abandonment. And I want that to really land for a second, because I think that that is a really deep and powerful concept. Like when I don't trust myself, I am leaving myself. I am abandoning myself, meaning whatever I'm getting can't be trusted. So I've got to go seek that from an external source, like you were talking about. I've got to go get some advice from somebody. I've got to go learn from somebody. I have to have somebody tell me what to do. And so there's a version of giving our power away to other people when we don't trust ourselves. So the first piece of this, I think, is really looking at where we are self-abandoning. Where are we doing the opposite of what we sort of know, that inner wisdom, that inner intuition, that little nudge, that wink, like when it's coming and saying, hey, I need this, or can you do this for me? And we say, nope. And this could be as simple as, um, I am thirsty and like, we're sitting at our laptop doing work and our body's saying, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty. And we're like, you're going to have to wait. I got to finish this email, right? That's a way of abandoning the self. We don't trust that the body really is communicating what it needs. And we go, Nope, forget that. And it can be as big as, you know, Hey, I need to let this person go inside of my organization or, I need to pivot and change my, my strategy. It's like, where are we in really small, minute ways and really large ways? Where are we not giving ourselves enough credit, not trusting ourselves and doing something that could, could be in the form of self-sabotage could be just downright rebellion of our inner wisdom, or it could be again, just going and seeking out advice to go, I feel like I know this, but I need so-and-so to validate this, or I need a priest or a therapist or a coach or somebody online to tell me that it's okay that I do this. Like those are all versions of leaving the self. So I think it starts with the awareness of how am I doing this? Like, where are those patterns? So a simple thing you can do is literally just grab a journal, kind of like what you were talking about. And just as those things come into your awareness, just jot them down. 
And again, with so much self-compassion, right? We have a really good reason for doing the things that we do. They've most often kept us safe. They're strategies that we've used to survive, but it's, it's helpful to see that first. And then kind of the second step is once we have the awareness, then we can look at almost like, what would it look like if I did trust myself in this moment? Like if I could really trust that this was like, pure wisdom coming through, that this was the truth coming through my body, my emotions, my gut knowing, my intuition, what action would that have me take? And that is where we get to change our entire lives. Like that is, that is possibility. That is uh newness. That is sort of walking in a different direction. We can go, okay, if I were to take aligned action from the place of my inner knowing, what would that look like? And oftentimes we have to address some of the fears that come up alongside of that, some of the anxiety that comes alongside of that. But to me, it's the awareness piece first and then the invitation to say, okay, what would aligned action have me do then? What what do I already know to be true? And how can I step forward in a small way or maybe radical action um, to come back in alignment with that truth? So it's it's like these little deposits over time that create trust. And the more that we do what our body is asking for, we answer that call. We really hear that and say, okay, I hear you. I'm going to take this step. All of a sudden there's a huge part inside of ourselves that can begin to relax. And it's like, ah, you can hear me. Okay. She respects me. She's not abandoning me. She's here with me. She, she begins to trust me. And it's this conversation between that inner self and your kind of like ego self. Mm, yeah massively and I feel like you start to become so much of your own best friend and your own inner cheerleader when you can listen and trust what is being said to you and shown to you and taking those tiny little steps and like you said it's like those breadcrumbs so those tiny little steps um, that you take on the stairs each day to that are building that trust because if you've never done it before then it's quite a well it's just it's quite a radical thing to do isn't it yeah it is. It's, I mean, it, and it's risky, right? It's like, there are probably things that, you know, we've swallowed, we've buried that we've known to be true and it felt risky. And so we didn't do it, you know, and that's where we have to be really gentle with this process and bringing in a lot of compassion and grace. It doesn't have to be abrupt or huge or life altering, or like, we don't have to blow up our lives to accomplish this. Like it can be really sweet and gentle. Um, And it's just as much as like starting where it's safe, like, oh, I'm feeling tired. Let me actually take care of myself and go to bed instead of finish X, Y, Z or scroll through social media. It's like for a long time, mine was moving my body. And I had all this stuff in the way of that, all of these beliefs, all of these traumas around moving my body and shame, body shame and all kinds of stuff. But when I really learned to be with myself and my body was like, please move, please walk. I need to do this. And I could honor that. Um, ultimately it felt better. Like it was like the payoff, the reward was, I always felt better whenever I trust myself, whenever I take aligned action without knowing it always creates something magical that is so worth it every single time in small ways and big ways. So worth it. So what do you think then was the first step for you that got you from not listening to your body and not hearing that it said it wanted to move to you then going, okay, all right, I'm here. I'm going to listen. Let's do this. Yeah. I think I had to admit the pain that I was in. Like I lived with like, I mean, it was showing up in every area of my life, but very, very deeply within my physical body. So I was in a lot of physical pain. My hormones were super out of whack. My, like my metabolism was jacked up. My, I was on all kinds of different medications and, um, even things for my emotions. And so I had to get to the point where I was like, this hurts, like literally and figuratively I am hurting. This is, this is painful. And I didn't understand why I didn't realize that it was because I was denying my truth. I did not understand at that point that I was wearing so many different masks and pretending and pleasing and fawning and, and 
keeping everybody around me happy that I wasn't living my inner knowing my truth. I was like literally abandoning it every moment. And so I had to get really honest with this is really painful. And you asked this question earlier, like there's gotta be a different way. Like surely there is a different way. I see people that are that figured it out, that are happy, that are um, healthy. There's gotta be a way. And, and it really required that I kind of, let go of the need to protect all the things that I had falsely created and say, I'm willing to be a learner. I'm willing to be a student. I'm willing to research. I'm willing to read books, figure it out. And I think that curiosity was a huge piece of my success was just like, I don't know, but I'm, but I'm desperate to figure it out. And I'm willing to get curious and ask questions and, um, figure it out ultimately. Mm -hmm. And, and that willingness to divorce myself from my story and to say, this has been true up until now, but I want, I don't, I want a different ending. I want it. I want a different way of doing this. Um, that I think that was the huge piece for me. And then I could actually go explore it and start trying some things on. Yeah. Thank you for that honesty. That was really yeah. powerful. So and I, I just want to acknowledge you for that, just because that's a really hard thing to do to first acknowledge that you're in pain in some way. And it's not maybe just physical, but it's also emotional there. And when, as we've mentioned before, and I feel like it's a little theme, but when we can have yeah. that honesty with ourselves and go, and not only that, but the self-compassion, the kindness and the curiosity to begin again and to mm. build that trust like 1% at a time, that rather than, and sometimes it is like radical action where something right. like it's huge and something changes, but it's more often than not those tiny little changes that build, build up consistently over time with that commitment to ourselves that there has to be a better way that that's when like the magic really unfolds. Yeah. And you know, what's coming to me is just this idea of being with the pain. So like for most of us, our whole life has operated uh, or created in such a way to avoid pain. So like, we don't, we don't want to feel discomfort. We don't want to feel what, what hurts. And so whether that's an, an emotion that we don't have a lot of familiarity with, like anger, you know, as women, it's like, nope, can't feel that, you know, or, or just sadness or, um, loneliness or grief or whatever it is, we want to hurry up through those emotions. We want to hurry up through to the discomfort. And so I think that, the gentlest, kindest, most powerful thing that we can do is be with the aching, be with the pain without trying to fix it, hurry through it. So like, for example, I have a client that I was working with the other day and she came to our session and she had a lot of pain. Like she had a migraine. She was experiencing all this pain within her neck and she wasn't sure if she could complete our one-on-one our -on -one coaching session together. And I know that for me, anytime I slow down to actually be with what is communicating, like that was the body very loudly talking to her. There's something below that, that offers us an invitation to deeper relief, but it requires that we sit with it first. So part of what I do in my work, and this is sort of the somatic piece of it is that we're with the body and we don't rush through that kind of communication. So in our session, I just had her close her eyes and focus on that pain and have her describe the sensations of that pain, the throbbing, the tensing, the constriction that she was experiencing. And when we just sat with that, and again, we didn't try to like uh, breathe through it or make it go away. We just were like, okay, can we bring presence to this? Can we attune to what's here? And over time, there was a softening that happened. But what was so powerful was that she had this intuitive hit. Like if I were to say to her, hey, what is this migraine trying to communicate? What, what would this pain in your neck have you know? And she sat with that. And what came through was like a radical thing in her business. She needed to let a uh, kind of a key player in her business go that she had been avoiding literally for over a year. And she didn't want to let this person go as an integral part to her team, but this, this, person was not performing and was, and was causing this 
my client a lot of stress and ultimately success. And so just by tuning into that pain, she was able to come to that awareness of this is not right. This is a symptom of being out of alignment. And through our coaching data, she was able to figure out, okay, well then what would, what would this part of me know, but what would it have me do? Like, what would the action be? And she ended up letting this person go and promoting her executive assistant into this role who was way more uh, willing and excited and qualified to, to do this position at a fraction of what she was paying this initial person. And it was just like, it was massive, but it, it only took a few minutes of being with the pain, sitting in the discomfort to access a deeper level of wisdom that ultimately shifted dramatically results in her business. So I think not avoiding, not running from, not hiding, not stuffing, not numbing, not disassociating, not coping from the pain. But like the answers that we really want are usually found when we hang inside of that discomfort. Mm. So is that what somatic consciousness is that you talk about? Yeah. Yeah. So somatic is just a fancy word for the body. So again, we're bringing that physical body the energetic body, the emotional body online and interpreting the the messages that are coming from the body. And it, and it communicates through sensations. So like all of us are having a somatic experience right now, like talking with you, doing this podcast, like my body is experiencing different sensations. And that could be a feeling in my gut, a tightness in my heart or uh, an expansion a bigness, a fluttering, a tingling, a constriction, a pounding, a heaviness. Um, those are all examples of physical sensations that we're experiencing that are all communicating to us. So somatic consciousness is really just tapping into the language of the body, how it communicates, the 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 way in which it, it communicates. And it's through these little knowings, through these little messages that we get through images in our brain or um, words that come forward or sensations that begin to, to move inside of our bodies. It's like all of that um, is painting a picture of the internal wisdom of that intuition. And so just by tapping into, okay, what is my body experiencing in this moment, not just the conversation in my mind, but what is my body experiencing? That is, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a different, deeper level of consciousness than just like mental consciousness. Mm, I, I think this is why when we say being an entrepreneur is like the biggest personal development journey ever this like this is just a prime example of it because everyone's yeah. like oh I thought it was just all in your mind and it's like no yeah yeah I'm actually really glad that it's not in my mind because <laughs> just in my mind because the effort required to constantly keep the brain in check you know like I started this work with mindset work and affirmations and um shifting shifting thoughts and shifting beliefs and constantly interrupting patterns like that can feel like a full-time job sometimes. And it's like, okay, I've got to catch every thought and I got to make sure that if I want to manifest this, I have to think everything good and I can't think anything bad and I can't have a negative, you know, uh, uh, sentence in my head and I've got to reframe it. That level of awareness, um, to me, that's the hard way to do it. The body is so much gentler. It's so much easier. It's softer. And there's space to experience hard things. There's space to experience uncomfortable emotions. There's space to experience fear and anxiety without uh, it taking completely over. Like, like it's this acceptance of whatever is here is okay. Whatever is here is welcome. Whatever is here is accepted. And the body is, um, yeah, it's, it's a new way of, moving through life that feels, I don't know, just easier to me. So yes, there's a mental piece that is helpful, but yeah, there's, there's a second piece. And I think the body is sort of like the new, the new frontier to, to learn and to explore and to get to know. Yeah. I, I really agree with that because when I think back to either personal or business things that I have thought about with my mind first and then I've checked in with my body and yeah. 
I felt something move. That's when the shift, whether it's been like a like a mini like personal transformation or whether it's a shift in business or whether it's a move towards something in business that has is always worked out. And it's it's funny. Um, I talk about affirmations um, in another podcast episode. And I said previously they didn't work for me because they were all in my mind. But yeah. when I had, um, I worked with um, my therapist, I, I don't see anyone, she's absolutely incredible, but she'd said to me, okay, for this particular thing we were working on, like what would be, what would feel really good? And I came out with the um, affirmation of, I can feel all the feels and still be badass. And as soon as I said it, I had some like internal shift that happened. And I was yeah. like, this is now how affirmations work for me because I can feel it in my body. Whereas before mm. it was in my head where it's like, I'm rich, I'm successful, I am this. And it's like, no, like yeah. I am safe to be me. It, like mm. it's, it feels good to be me and I can feel all the feels and still be badass. Oh, that's so cool and so good. And it's just like, this is exactly what I'm talking about because you could say all day long, you could literally write out a script of affirmations that sound awesome. You know what I mean? Like if you were to look at them and be like, check, 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 these are great. But if your body doesn't respond in a way that feels good, like if I were to say, you know, I am, I am rich or I am abundant and my body tightens or tenses or like all of a sudden it's like, you know, like I suck my gut in and I kind of had this like holding okay, something is out of alignment with what I'm saying and how my body's registering that. And so that's where it's like, I want my body to experience whatever I'm saying to the fullest. Like, how can I get my body unlo- online here? How can I link up what I, the beliefs, the affirmations that I'm, that I'm reciting? How can I get my body to believe that story as well? Because when that happens, like you said, you feel that internal shift and it's like, it's just, it just, clicks it, it connects and it's like oh my gosh now my my physical body my inner my inner world feels as expansive as the words that i'm saying and they might not be as sexy you know like the the, the things that we're saying might not be something that uh looks or sounds really great but if my body is like yes i can believe that yes this feels true it's a home run like that's a win in my book so that's mm-hmm. so cool that you did that yeah, I loved it. And I actually practiced it with a couple of other things where it was um, like revenue levels where I'm like, oh, I really want to get to this level. And I was like, uh, just I can't feel it right now. And yeah. yeah, everybody says like, oh, fake it till you make it. Just like this is the thing you're going for. And it's like, no, let me just like let me just explore other things. And then I got to another I got to another thing, like another revenue goal, which was lower. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That feels good for Mm -hmm. right now and that's what I'm going to go for and lo and behold the same month within two weeks I've already hit it two weeks of the month I've hit it and I'm like oh so this stuff works (laughs) amazing and then you have more capacity for a a greater level of abundance for more revenue to flow in you know part of that is teaching our our nervous system to receive more that it's safe to receive that it's safe to be happy that it's safe to make a certain level income and that takes time like we're talking about those little baby steps that takes time to have the body adjust to where those higher numbers begin to feel safe. Like if we just start saying, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. And our body's like, that's not safe because people take advantage of people who have that much money, or you get judged if you make that much money or, you know, whatever the fee- underlying fear or story is below the surface. If that's still at play, even though it sounds good to be a millionaire, we will sabotage our best efforts. We will hijack our best efforts. And so I love using the body as a barometer for like, okay, what feels maybe a little bit outside of my comfort zone, but it feels safe enough. That's where we start. Like you said, and then it's like, okay, well that was easy. That's awesome. Like, okay, what if there's a little bit more? And again, it's just like 1% more, 2% more, 3% more, not a hundred percent more. Yeah. And I think you're so right with encouraging ourselves to feel safe 
with those numbers because we will self-sabotage because I um, I will do an episode on this at some point but I really genuinely believe there's something called emotional privilege and the way we get brought up then determines well our self-talk around money and our self-talk around how we present ourselves and what we think Mm -hmm. about ourselves and it's if you've not been around somebody or a family who have a certain level of emotional uh, privilege in terms of the way they view life, the way they view money, the way they view like how they're treated, then you get brought up with those ideals. And yet you compare yourself to those other people which Mm. already have this higher maybe, or this like just different emotional set point, which is more, in tune not in tune but more considered to be success and you're like what's wrong with me why don't I think all those things why am I beating myself up all the time and it's like well no they've just they had a very different upbringing from you you're just having to do like a lot more work sometimes than them and just that's where the self-compassion and kindness comes in again Mm, so true and man that's a powerful that's new for me that language of emotional privilege and oh yeah I can 100% see that. And that's where really the first step to anything is awareness. Like we can't just jump to that place where we have all that understanding or knowledge or, uh, you know, emotional intelligence. We have to learn it. And like with a lot of my clients from the get go, we start with emotional vocabulary. Like most people have an emotional vocabulary of five different primary emotions, like sad, angry, hurt, lonely, stressed, anxious, afraid, you know, and to expand that and to really learn like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. How can I feel that in my body? How do I know what anger feels like in my body? Where is anger in my body? You know, what does the expression of anger look like? Like all of that is really new for a lot of us. Like if we didn't grow up in families that demonstrated a range of emotions or made it safe to express our emotions or, or even have emotions, then there's a, there's a big learning curve. And I think that you're right. We really do have to be gentle with that. And the cool thing is we can learn it. The cool thing is, is it is something that is a skill set that when we practice it, we get better at it. And that's what I kind of get excited about. It's like for most people, when they start tuning into their body, it's like blank, it's numb. They, they can't feel anything. It's like, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what, what that sensation is, but over time, it's like you get to the point where you create greater sensitivity to that. And that's when it gets fun. It's like, Ooh, I just felt that. And I didn't need to go down the road and have it screaming at me. I caught it when it was just that little nudge, just that little inkling. I noticed it that then. And that's something that really is true practice. Mm, Yeah, massively. So I wanted to just ask you, I, I feel like we could talk literally forever um but I also want to be mindful of your time so I want to wanted to ask you for the listeners what are some key things that you would recommend if they were first starting out with like somatic consciousness and the learning about their energetic blueprint and how to like bring themselves into alignment uh so that they can create business success because I feel like sometimes it can be it can be hard but also easier for us to do in our personal life whereas with business it's it can feel a little bit trickier because it's like well what about the strategy of this and what about this and I should be doing this and what about Instagram and how many reels should I be making and you're like oh god so what would be your tips there's there's so many I was just writing down like okay how can I narrow this down um I think Learning is key, right? Understanding how we operate within the world is, is your edge. Because if somebody says to me and I follow somebody on Instagram and they have this routine and I just go, okay, well, I, I, if if I just do what they do, then I'll be successful. That is setting me up for like massive failure. And for years and years and years, I thought I had to have this like ultra engineered morning routine in order to be successful. And I felt like a failure every morning because I I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what my routine was. I'd I'd self-sabotage. And it wasn't until I really understood like the inner workings of Mary that I was able to create a schedule 
with appropriate boundaries, with built in uh, rest and self-care that allowed for me to be my most productive and efficient self. And it started with understanding not how to manage time, but how to manage my energy. And so one thing that you can begin to understand about yourself is something simple like learning your chronotype, which is, um, you can take a test online, literally just search chronotype, but it's basically how your energy, um, the pockets of energy that you have as an individual. So like when you're best to do focused task work, when you're best to do more big picture thinking, when it's best for you to go to sleep, when it's best for you to wake up kind of the hours within a day that are going to be best for you to like, you know, put your work into that slot. That was really helpful for me. And there's four or five different chronotypes that you can kind of fit in with. And that really helped give me permission to go, oh, like I work very differently than my partner Bentley, for example. And I have most of my energy before noon. And then when it hits about like 12, one, two o'clock, I am kaput. So I have nap time scheduled in every day for myself because I am just know I'm not going to do any great work in the afternoon, but I know that if I can get up and start early, like, oh my gosh, I'm so efficient and productive. So just understanding like how to, how to utilize your energy is really helpful. And things like Colby, the Colby test, things like human design, uh, the Enneagram, all of those are really helpful for understanding how you're wired and really start to create that energetic blueprint. So I would start there, um, is learning that to me will, will set you free. And of course, send me a message through my website or through Instagram and I can, you know, further help kind of guide you, you know, if you're like, where do I start in that? But I think learning yourself, learning how you work best is, um, really helpful. I think. Yeah, I love that. I always find that I'm so much more productive in the morning as well. And then um, I've noticed actually that I went through phases of not doing exercise in the morning. And we've just, uh, my partner and I have just joined um, a lovely fancy health club that's opened near us. Nice. And it's just, it's a, it's a vibe, babe. It's lovely. And uh, so we just go in the morning and it's, like normally I'd be like oh no I can't be bothered but starting to run again on a treadmill just for half an hour has um just it's skyrocketed my energy levels which has been amazing and also it stopped me um actually having a nap in the afternoon which like I'm a little bit upset about because I love a nap but equally I was a bit like well that's amazing that my energy is now sustained even more and that coupled with like the yoga that I do where I do that more in the evening now because by the end of it I'm like I'm basically crawling home ready to go to sleep it just when you can work with yourself in that way it's like it's so lovely because you do get more work done and you're also happier and you experience more joy with it yeah absolutely and focusing on your life force to me is the thing that shifts everything. Like it begins there. Like I am my energy. The life force that I bring to anything is everything. And so if I'm not focusing on that, if I'm not able to hold energy and notice like who in my life is sucking my energy, who in my life is draining my energy, what projects, what things are, are literally like taxing my energetic system when I can understand those things and then create appropriate boundaries or shift the way I am in relationship or how I communicate or what I say yes to, or what I say no to like all of that, the impact on my energy body, my energy field is what I have available to live my life with. And so if I'm not really number one, making that a priority, managing that, everything else is going to suffer. So if, if you do nothing else, focus on the energy, focus on your life force and ask yourself, like, what gives me energy? What are those things, whether it's a walk outside or having a great conversation with a good friend or, um, creating space for a hobby or whatever, like, what are the things that pour back into me? What are the things that give me energy and how can I make sure those get on my calendar before, anything else like that, that is a level of success that, um, 
most people just hope that their life will give them space for. But to me, I start with those are the most important things. Those get added into my calendar first. And then everything else, my work, quote unquote work, is what fits in around that. Mm, yeah, I love that so much. Thank you for that. So yeah. my final question is a very, very simple one. If people love you like I do, where can they find more about you and learn more about the uh, programs and coaching that you offer? Yeah, so simple. You can just go to my website, Mary Hyatt com. You can read about my one-on-one coaching. Um, and I often do different, different events through the year. Um, so definitely stay connected to me there and through Instagram, you'll find my link on my website. Thank you so much for that. And honestly, that was such a fantastic conversation. I just felt like it brought me so much joy. So I'm really, really grateful to you for taking the time to give all the listeners such an incredible ride for being able to experience more fulfillment and alignment in their life. So thank you so much for that. Mm, you're so welcome. And thank you so much for having me. I That was a great conversation and we could have talked for hours and hours more. <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for listening and I will see you on the next podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.